Welcome, action fans, and thanks for joining us for another edition of All 90s Action, All the Time, as we continue our journey through Sylvester Stallone's 90s back catalogue. I'm your host, Scott Murphy, and on today's episode, we are looking at the comic book calamity that is Judge Dredd. As always, alongside me to detect this particular outing is Bloodhound Pick's co-host, screenwriter, and a man who would never betray the law. It's Mr. Craig Drine. I knew you would say that. And I knew you would say that. Uh, so as always, <laughs> before diving into this one, uh, a little bit of background information for you. Judge Dredd debuted in U.S. theaters on June 30th, 1995. It was directed by Danny Cannon, who would go on to direct uh, I Still Don't, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, um, but has basically carved a niche for himself, uh, mainly in TV uh, posts that he did episodes of CSI. He was a producer and director on uh, Gotham and Pennyworth uh, and done, done other TV stuff. Uh, the story was by Michael De Luca, uh, who is now the chairman of MGM and had previously written scripts for Freddy's Dead, not so good, but also In the Mouth of Madness, so pretty good. And um, the other person who's credited for the story is William Wisher Jr., who co-wrote Terminator 2 and uh, It Chapter 1, whereas the screenplay was credited to, to William Wisher Jr. again, and Stephen E. D'Souza, who had written uh, such action hits, or co-wrote such action hits as 48 Hours, Commando, and Die Hard. Although this movie was made in 1995, and Stephen E. D'Souza, boy, did he have a fucking year in 1994. <laughs> so he wrote Beverly Hills Cop 3, co-wrote the Flintstones, and wrote and directed the Street Fighter film. Whoosh, <laughs> that was a 1994 to forget. Yeah. In terms of reviews, this movie is currently sitting at a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 20% on Rotten Tomatoes based on 54 reviews. It doesn't have a Metacritic score, and it's got a 2.4 on Letterbox, And it didn't fare that much better at the box office, although it did end up making a total of $113.5 million, million, but that was on an $85 million budget, so was a loser for the studio. And in its opening US weekend, rather embarrassingly, it was even beaten out by Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. So there you go. So Craig, when did yes. you first see this one? <laughs> I probably saw it when it first came out. So I am a big comic book fan. I'm a big, my brother who's much older than me, he had a, I can't remember the comic now, it was like one, a stray issue of Judge Dredd that I read constantly until it fell apart or well reread. And, but where I grew up and even in the States that Judge Dredd wasn't really that big at all. I think it was one of those ones where you'd have to go into 
like a very you know specific comic shop in the yeah. major city and stuff and you couldn't really find it anywhere else so besides that single issue i really only knew about you know watching the movie and i liked the movie but i real and i know we talked about this prior because you're asking how i could be a fan of <laughs> judge dread the comic and like the movie so much when i was younger i think um especially watching it now i realized it wasn't necessary because i always had an issue with the plot and many elements but it was just the the world i think and the production design and so something about i was like it just obviously i wouldn't want to live in mega city one but i just mm. love the world so much and that's it why does look cool and, yeah. and like even as i think like i was more disappointed with it yeah. as a kid um just because i read the comic book first um so like it was one of those things where i mean i think i didn't see it at the cinema so um because we didn't go to the cinema all that often mm -hmm. so i think i must have saw it either when it came out on video or i might have even seen it like a few years later when it, it was on telly and then yeah by that stage um i had i'd already been reading the comic book for a while and um i think i i, I you know like i didn't hate it i i'd write me like you know yeah. and i watched it a few times and um I thought the world was cool and even as a kid I thought like some of the action was cool um probably you know as a kid thought some of the action was cooler than I necessarily do now yeah um, exactly. but um so yeah I, I like that element I think like what disappointed me is because like I was like a big fan of Judge Dredd and I was a big fan of Stallone so I thought this was going to be like yeah, yeah. but then I suppose like having that that background of reading the comics and like at one point I was like a subscriber to the, the Judge Dredd magazine, like, you know, get like okay. a monthly, you know, a thing. And um, it, I suppose like the character just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like, of like the character that I'd read. And then it was like the, this character on screen, it was just like, it didn't feel the same. So it was like, cause I, I just remember it kind of being a, a, a little bit of a dis disappointment. I, yeah. you know, like, um, there were certain things in in the nineties. I I would rank it alongside it. I I wouldn't put it quite as high up as episode one, but I'd certainly say like you know of things that kind of disappointed me in my childhood. There was like the Doctor Who <laughs> TV movie in ninety yeah. six, which was a bit of a letdown, and this was a little bit of a letdown. Um, ninety eight Godzilla that was a letdown, oh, yeah. and um, episode one. They're 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 amongst the kind of 90s letdowns from my childhood <laughs> your rosebud. that's what you'll have a, that'll be your rosebud as your your um <laughs> a list of these movies things that let me down as a kid yeah. <laughs> that i was really excited yeah. for <laughs> no, and i agree and i think watch even watching it for this because i haven't seen it now in several years or yeah for a while but um yeah, I, I haven't thought, seen it since like my early twenties, or like yeah. maybe maybe even my late teens or early twenties. So we're talking probably nearly, nearly, nearly um you're you're talking at least fifteen years, if not yeah. more. <laughs> but I so watching it, I'm like, well, if they did it right, Stallone wouldn't be a bad dread if Stallone was willing to actually go. I don't know that place it's like on paper it could work that's what it feels like it just you know it doesn't obviously because dread doesn't require i mean i mean i love the the 
2020 or the 2012 one but mm. the character of dread itself doesn't actually require i think you know a susta- substantial acting chops or all this other stuff no but it is commitment yeah, it, it, to that role yeah you have to you have to commit to it i think i think that's what it is like basically and i think carl urban does a really good job of that in the, yeah. in, in dread the, the 2012 but no i don't I don't think it requires to be you know you don't have to be fucking robert de niro um to play judge dread you just have to be committed to that character you just like because like you know i don't think that i mean i suppose he's had the odd rule that you know like he can you know, spit, stretch himself a bit but like for example clint eastwood tends to pay clint eastwood right yeah and that's essentially that kind of blank, emotionalist, slightly surly, kind of alwaysly, simmeringly pissed off the the thing that Clint Eastwood does as Dirty Harry or as the man with no name, you know, in in, in like the Dawes trilogy and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a that's essentially the energy of yeah. uh, you know you should be given out as as Judge Judge Dredd, you and, know. And you, and you could just tell that, especially more so even now and. For people reading or fans of the comic books that you know obviously it is hollywoodized in a way and that you know i know in the states it's hard for us to because judge dread in the comics especially if you read um what there's like that single the issue america or stuff like that he is essentially a, even though he's the protagonist is a working for a fascist government Correct. you know and there is that satire to it and all of that and but there's so much within this movie where it's like, no, we need to really show he is the, you know, the hero. That the law is a, you know, in their world is a good thing, and like it's just all these bad criminals, and I don't know, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. I, it almost I suppose... yeah, it flips the whole, I guess, the intention of the original, um, you know, yeah, original comic. And I think. I think there's a thing here as well where, like, obviously, well, this is the first time we've covered a comic book movie, so maybe yeah. we should talk a little bit about, like, comic book movies in the 90s. Not too yeah. much, because we need <laughs> yeah. to, we really need to get into the plot of the movie at some point. And this is your official spoiler warning. Um, we are going to go fully into the whole plot of the movie, spoilers and all. So if you've not seen the movie, uh, you don't want it spoiled, then um, go watch the movie, come back, listen to this. Um, but uh, we are going to fully explore all of Judge Dredd yeah. um, after these messages. No, yeah. let's... <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is the first time we talked about comic book movie on the podcast. Um, maybe to talk a, just very briefly on that of like, so at this time, Hollywood obviously didn't take comic book movies seriously at all and just thought they were kind of stupid um and made them in that vein and uh, there's a clear kind of like talking down to the the audience yeah just being like kind of well these, these are just these are just silly things why would anybody care anyway and you know because obviously buying up rights to comic strips and comic books became you know there was a kind of boom of that uh given the success of 1989 batman and then you know you get this kind of whole spate of comic book adaptations big money comic book adaptations nearly all of which totally fail mainly because the creators behind it don't care about it and don't understand it but then you know you obviously you've got things like dick tracy and the rocketeer and mm. the shadow and um a whole bunch whole bunch of other films 
yeah. you know um and then uh yeah and then like the year <laughs> the year after this you would get like uh uh barbed wire and um, yeah <laughs> the, actually i tell you what in terms of like bad movies that i did enjoy as a kid the year after this 1996 you'd also get the phantom which oh is, yeah there we yeah which which genuinely entertained me as a child yeah. <laughs> i've not watched it in years and years it's probably terrible yeah. i know um but uh yeah i had a soft spot but, for the phantom i always give credit to especially because i love demon knight so much to billy zane yeah like, he, he commits to he, he really does he really like he does know exactly what movie is and he really does commit to that role and then i think like that that's what it has it that's a movie that has a very committed very consistent tone even if it is a bad movie yeah um but we're not we're not here to talk about that <laughs> and um but also in 1995 you also had tank girl which I do have a, a soft spot for. And it was a year for campy actually, comic book movies because also uh, we had Batman Forever, which yeah. is a movie we will talk about at a later date. Yeah. But is, is there anything you wanted to say about the, that kind of 90s uh, comic book move, boom before we kind of move into the dissecting, breaking down the plot of this one. No, I mean, I think you covered it all. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the 90s, you would get, that would kind of be the the, the middle ground, I feel like, with Blade, where it was, they were took the creative freedom, or, yeah, it was kind of campy in a way, but then it also did earn enough money, which, you know, they always will talk about how Blade led to the success then of, I think then Spider-Man, which then set off the whole, what we have yeah. today, basically. Yeah, I think like it blazed the path for X Men in two thousand. Yeah, and then you get Spider Man in two thousand and two. That kind of, and I suppose even at that stage, like comic book movies aren't necessarily taken seriously, but at least like the kind of directors behind them have a better idea of the tone, and you know, like um, have more love for the for the source material and stuff like that. So like it is done with more kind of. Uh, heart and stuff and uh you know and it gets it gets better and then i suppose it, that in eventually leads up to you know the year of 2008 where like hollywood starts taking comic books movies really seriously because then that's the year you get both the dark knight and iron man the yeah. first the first installment in the mcu and then it's you know obviously comic book movies now rule the world um, yeah. so, <laughs> but it wasn't like that in the 90s but, and yeah blade was the one that kind of was the course corrector um because it, most of the 90s comic book adaptations that you got were terrible there's only like really a handful of good ones in the 90s you've got like I, I do have a soft spot for um for Batman Forever and um yeah. and, and Tank Girl, but there, but in terms of like really good films, you've got Batman Returns, you've got The Crow, yeah. uh, you've got um well Dark Man's actually not based on a comic book, but it's like basically Sam Raimi like couldn't get the rights to do The Shadow, so made yeah. Dark Man. So I, I suppose we can could throw that in there, and then you've got Blade. And then yeah. you've just got all the other ones. Yeah. Like 1990s, <laughs> The Punisher. <laughs> I think it was exactly 90. I can't remember. Is Was that 90 or was that 89? Oh, I, 
I think it's like listed as 89. Maybe it didn't come Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. No. Uh, let's see. It was. Yeah, it was 89. 89. So yeah. Is, yeah. Dolph Lundgren. There's still not been a good Punisher movie. No. Like, because like there's the Thomas Jane one, which is not good. And then there's the Punisher Warzone, <laughs> which I, I hated. So, what? like. Yeah. Which that one is a throwback. Or she, I read. I actually watched the whole behind the scenes and everything because I found it for Punisher Warzone. Yeah, for a dollar, the Blu-ray at like Seven Eleven. And yeah, she talked about she wanted to make it like the ultra violent version of like Dick, the Dick Tracy movie. So just like very hyper stylized comic book, I guess. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It just wasn't. <laughs> just wasn't a fan. Um, <laughs> Let's let's uh, like before we before I delve any more yeah. <laughs> into uh, Punisher Warzone and the lack of, of good uh, Punisher uh, films, um, let's uh, let's talk about let's let's get into it now. Let's yes. let's talk about uh, Judge Dredd, which yeah. was uh, which was made by uh, Hollywood Pictures or Disney in disguise. Yeah, <laughs> which would explain a lot of stuff about why it is the way it is. <laughs> Yeah, apparently it was like, it was like a, a subsidiary they, they had that made like kind of R-rated movies, like the R-rated movies. That actually, Hollywood Pictures did make uh, some some good films, uh, you know, like in in their time. You know, they, they made films like uh, Dead Presidents. That was a movie oh, yeah. that came out in 1995. That was that was a good film. Um, another movie that came out in 1995 is a good film. Uh, Crimson Tide made that one. Okay. Um, yeah, got some other good ones in the repertoire, uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, how, how does um, how does Judge Dredd begin? <laughs> this, I think, is our first opening like this, maybe so far. Where and I haven't seen it in a while, where you get the the scrolling of the basically the exposition of the world building, but then yeah. somebody's reading it as well. Not anybody's reading it. Yeah. <laughs> Not any old buddy. It's uh, our good old friend James Earl Jones. What yeah. a voice that man has! <laughs> and talking about how you know, um, with the world, the world changed, and everything kind of became with the climate and became a scorched earth, except a few kind of mega cities in the country or even around the world, and. Then it goes into how law like went out the window and it all went to crap. And so they had to bring in a new type of lawmaker, uh, somebody that was judge, jury, and executioner. And that's yeah, basically all it is. And then it sets us up for, you see this ship flying from kind of this wasteland into this um, very elaborate like wall. And then they, you know, are, are docking, which we're learning are like a bunch of prisoners that have been, I guess, released from their, their sentence. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to say that, like, I don't know if it was just because it had that opening scroll and then, you know, like, um, it was James Earl Jones, but it felt quite Star Wars. Like, yeah, <laughs> just that way when it's like that ship's docking and the guy who greets the ship kind of looks like a kind of Mandalorian. And yeah. then I'm like, I'm like, wow, this feels very, 
I don't remember it being quite this Star Wars this opening. Well, even the the special, which will pop up later, not the judges, but like the special units, they almost have, even though they're in all black, they almost have like a stormtrooper element yeah, to it or do. something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But that's where we get to our the first kind of character we're introduced is not Judge Dredd or any of them, but <laughs> gold Rob Schneider, who Good we almost man. follow as like a protagonist for a bit until he just disappears for many minutes of the movie. Yes, so he is the person who kind of introduces us to Mega City One, and because um, you know they go through the the, the big. The big metal doors and then we arrive in mega city one and we kind of see mega city one through his eyes oh he is returning because he's kind of like ah home um so he, he's returning back to it but he's looking at it with with wonder and then he gets a cab ride um which you know even though this movie was made like two years before uh but again it's it's just it all feels like all these kind of sci-fi things all mixed together because like the cabs they look like uh from from fifth element but yeah. like, you know like uh maybe fifth element nicked it from this movie because like like i said fifth element came out in 97 yeah. <laughs> which i know well fifth element didn't they take from um that comic book the inkle the yeah. Inkle? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. A, yeah, yeah. They they did they took a lot from that to yeah. to the point where i think like john Dorowski tried to sue them yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and you know any listeners um definitely you could you should if you are a fan of action movies and and comic books uh definitely check out the Inkel because it's yeah like, it's a it's a great comic book uh very surreal and um yeah i highly highly yeah. recommend that and it's kind of the basis for a ton of sci-fi now yeah loads of shit yeah yeah yeah. um but yeah so we get this is kind of where we get which i know we were talking about before there's there's like the the world that they set up there's the satire in it and you start to see it where what it's called um heaven i can't remember the place he's supposed to be living is um heaven's heaven heavenly heights yeah and he thinks you know he flies over this very luxurious pool that's really high up and he thinks that's it but then it starts kind of dropping down and you know even the computer itself is saying be careful you know riots and you have to be yeah just kind of warning because they're going and the lower you go the worse the city gets and the more slum-like and the more crime-ridden everything is and yeah there's all these moments until you know obviously until dread shows up that have these you know where you yeah. think okay you know the comic book at least enough to <laughs> you're kind of adding it in a little bit but... well this is the thing like i mean according to everything i've read about the movie is danny cannon um who was the the director of the film uh, he, he is British. He was uh, a fan of the comic book, uh, apparently, you know, like in the kind of little making of documentary that you can watch on yeah. YouTube, uh, which is called Stallone's Law. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like he says in that, like he was a fan of the comic book when, when he's like 10 years old. And um, but, 
you know, it had a lot of production issues and yeah. there was a lot of bunning heads between director and star, particularly when it came to tone. And yep. um, yeah, and it, it seems like by the time it went into post, like he was pretty much shut out of the edit, like the yeah. director, Danny Cannon. And um, yeah, I think um, Stone had a, a good amount of say in, in, in the final in the final cut of the movie and um so i don't know i don't know if there's like uh obviously danny cannon wanted to do some stuff that didn't make it in the movie at all um apparently there is a different cut of the movie the the, the canon cut that is uh, darker and has more violence and uh, some of the abrupt edits later on in the movie are explained by the fact that okay. there is there is this more violent cut and I, I don't know and again i do not know enough details on that cut if it is more satirical or if it's just basically this movie but with bloodier yeah. um you know like so i i don't know um, we'll start a, a whole petition release the release the <laughs> canon cut yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Apparently, because apparently this film was submitted to the um, uh, what's what's your one uh, the MPAA. That's oh, right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Apparently, it was submitted to them five times because they kept giving it an NC seventeen. So four times they gave it an NC seventeen, and then uh, like yeah, it was eventually cut down enough that they gave it an R rating. So. Oh, wow. Clearly, the original cut is way more violent. Yeah. Um, but yes, if the I don't know if the story makes more sense or if it, it doesn't feel quite as jumbled or it has that more satirical uh, tone. But that's that's all I know. That obviously okay. that cuts way more violent. Okay, and which would have been fun. But yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of night and day when he arrives. But I know first off, we get him with or Rob Schneider. <laughs> basically playing fergie yeah fergie and then you know seeing this riot and say making the jokes and that well at least it's better than prison and then going up to his his new housing area his apartment but it is being occupied by a whole gang which one of the um the leader of them is um james remar yep there we go Yep. who uh, played uh, Ajax in, 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 the, in The Warriors yeah. um, amongst other loads of other things like um, he always plays kind of either psychotic characters or slimy characters or like um, yeah you just, I, I, I don't know like some actors just have those faces and you just you just see James Remar's face on screen and you're just like ugh it's easy <laughs> <laughs> He's he goes uncredited in this, like he's not he's not credited. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if he did it as a because it feels like more of a cameo thing than a yeah owed somebody a favor or was doing somebody a favor. Uh, but yeah, so Fergie basically gets lassoed into this gang. Yeah, that are just firing on the crowd in the in the street, and they're having a turf war, a block war. Yeah, block war. And then you know he obviously doesn't want to be there. And he keeps trying to get out of it, but they keep either grabbing him and pulling him back in, things like that. And then two judges arrive, a rookie and then Hershey, who played by Diane Lane. Yep. And they're being they're taking cover because there's all this fire upon them. 
and then that's when we finally they call for assistance and then they, I, I did yeah. <laughs> I laughed at this but because I was just like it's just such a random joke of just being like so um she calls uh, George Hershey calls in for backup on the corner of Abbott and Costello and I was, <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> yeah see and that's when it has like that moment and there's even a moment where where it's you have the computer talking about the violence and then there's the robot going by talking about um please eat recycled food you know and things like that so you can kind of see yeah. these little hints of little like, hints of a little hints of something yes i did yeah. like yeah yeah like I, yeah the robot says please please eat recycled food it's good for the environment and it's okay for you yeah <laughs> You're like, oh. you know, so it has this whole opening of, wow, there's like, there's something here. The war, and even for today's stand, I watched, I rented the Blu ray, um, but I watched it and I was like, well, you know, for 95, the the production design and even some of the CGI stuff is, looks pretty good. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. It, it, I mean, it had a pretty big budget. Yeah, you know, like you know, eighty-five million dollars in in ninety-five. I mean, I was looking up kind of budgets of movies, um, of that time, and there's only like a couple of movies in in ninety-five that were made for like more money. Yeah. Like, so you had Die Hard with a Vengeance apparently had a budget of ninety million dollars. Batman Forever had a budget of a hundred million dollars. And then Waterworld broke the world record with its $175 million budget um, that year. Uh, so, like, yeah. So there's, like, three other movies that year that, that had bigger budgets. So, I yeah. mean, like, this is... And apparently it took, like, a year uh, to make Mega City 1 in uh, Shepparton Studios in, you know, like, in England. Yeah. No, it, I mean, yeah, it, that about... Like, there's no talking down on that the production designers everybody it's one of those movies that we've had in a lot of like or one of those conversations we've had with a lot of stallone films of being like you know this part is really good like the whoever's doing the sound or the production or you know the technical yeah. people yes like, so big shout out to production yeah. designer nigel phelps uh, who did the production design on, on this movie because he nails it yeah <laughs> but then um then we get a basically a complete you can really feel it the like the tonal shift right when judge dread arrives you know it, it's trying to not show his face and you know he's more he's not even that grizzled i guess as you would expect or you know serious he's just kind of talking down to hershey saying well these bullets have a range of 200 yards and we're 300 yards away or something like that so yeah, why are you so even taking cover and you know yeah 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 yeah. because um yeah i suppose like we should mention that the way he is introduced is like with uh stereotypical uh action movie yeah. <laughs> hero shot so we get like and um it's it's a real loving shot of him you know so we we get a shot of the the the, the motorbike the um, what are they called again? Lawmasters? Is that the mm -hmm. guns? Yeah. The, the, the lawmasters, the, 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 the bikes. Yeah, um, I think that's what they're called. Yeah. Yeah, because the guns are the lawgivers. 
Um, yeah. So the, the bikes, the lawmaster. So like, yeah, we get a show of the lawmaster. He parks up. Um, uh, yeah, and then we get a shot of his boots, and then we like scan camera scan pans all the way up to to his helmet, which he currently has on. Uh, so so yes, uh, epic hero shot to, and then of course it is the first time where he says the yeah. Which yeah, we and get I, a lot of, and also like it is the first time we get his apparent catchphrase. I knew you would say that. <laughs> yeah, and out because that's what it feels like in this whole movie. Is they're like catchphrases are big, big right now. So let's. There's that one. There's I knew you'd say that. There's I am the law, and then there's um the courts adjourned. Yeah, where they set it up like it's supposed to. It's like this will go perfectly on the t-shirts or on the action figures when you press the you know the button they can say that yeah and this is part of my problem with like stone's performance is just that dread just isn't this yeah he's just he's not dread isn't james bond he's not quippy he's like you know he like what makes judge dread funny is his extreme lack of humor yeah like the fact that he has no sense of humor, the fact that he is completely buttoned down, the, the fact that he is just kind of this this grizzled kind of, uh, you know, like, and he has no emotion, like that sometimes comes across as funny. And like, it just, there's lots of comedy within the Judge Dredd world, but it's just not the comedy that you find in this movie. And, and it's not even like, other, you know, it's not like the other characters are not over the top. There's plenty of over the top characters within the Judge Dredd universe, but Dredd isn't one of them. Yeah, which is interesting because based on what we've talked about with other Stallone movies, and you have all these over the top people, and he's the one that's like playing it down or almost phoning it in. It's like here was his opportunity <laughs> to, like, you know, to almost you could just play into you're given it like here's you just have to play into what you've already been doing in these other movies just maybe a little bit more and then you know um it'll be fine like it'd be a fine film <laughs> at least you know as much as it can be yeah i mean like there's there's other problems with the, the yeah, script and many stuff other like, that, but, you know, like um but yeah at least dread would kind of make sense you know if he kind of more but like but yeah he decides to this is the movie he decides to ham it up which yeah. is, feels completely wrong for the guy and usually you know I'm, I'm quite entertained by like you know having my hero hammy hammy hero hammy villain it doesn't bother me but like in this particular case it just doesn't make sense to to the character and maybe that it just does come from the perspective of being a fan of the comics and knowing that yeah. character um and maybe that doesn't that doesn't feel as egregious to to other people, but um, yeah, well, it doesn't. It never it never really sat well with me, and uh, rewatching it still doesn't sit well with me. Well, and that was uh, because Diane Lane throughout it will make some comments about like be, him being human or showing signs of humanity or a bunch of stuff in regards to that. And for me, watching it, especially this time, I was like, well, he is he has been showing emotion. Like it's not like, you know, I guess, you know, the comic books like we've talked about or even the Carl Urban version. Yeah. 
where, where, and where yeah. he I think he plays the character right because that character yeah. you know he does play it like the man with no name you know like yeah. he, he does play it with this lack of emotion and that does come across funny sometimes you know because it's such a lack of emotion it's such a void of emotion but like yeah like he's super emotional like yeah. most of like you know most of the movie like he's like angry in a really pissy way like, like he yeah he's people keep saying like what a lack of emotion he has and you know he should show more emotion and i'm like he's showing lots of emotions <laughs> he's emotions all over the place here you know he just because he's kind of growling things doesn't mean he's not emotional in fact that that shows a kind of a big level of emotion if i yeah. over the top growling yeah but uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we get him. So he comes. He does his, his quips. He does kills his the catch, gang. Yeah, catchphrase, and then he basically yeah he kills one batch. So there are two gangs that decide in different rooms that decided I guess to work together throughout it. Yeah, kills one. The rookie is all excited because he wants to now take one, and he gets killed. And then Judge Dredd then you know kills all of them, and obviously he's dispensing the justice throughout it saying that the year or, you know that destruction of property one year that'd be one year and one year and then something else five years and then killing an officer and james remar is saying oh well let me guess life and as he's pulling the gun judge dread judge dread shoots him saying death and then yeah yeah, that's <laughs> and again, yeah, <laughs> and and again, we get another hit from Bond Dread. <laughs> yeah, it's surprisingly, it's not even that exciting. The whole shootout, like it goes by really quick, and it, it's like, oh, okay, that was it. I guess <laughs> he that just happened. took down this game. Yeah, yeah, and then he's talking to Hershey, who is giving the whole showing emotion, and you know, and that's. They're having this little back and forth where he's even kind of being flirty in a way that it almost, yeah, they're kind of playing this little flirty element that, again, is not really as much in the comic, which, um, but then the robot goes by and, but the robot has a different sounding voice because it sounds like Fergie. (laughs) It has a strange Rob Schneider feel to it. (laughs) Yeah. And he knows the difference, Judge Dredd. So they finally find him, and he's trying in the the robot. He was hacking it to kind of get away and be, and he's trying to plead his case, saying that you know I was just trying to save myself, and they were shooting, and you know obviously Judge Dredd saying, well you could have jumped out the window to avoid you know breaking a law. Well, it's forty floors. I would have died. Well, you wouldn't have at least. That's not. Yes, apparently, su- apparently suicide yeah. is legal in, 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 in yeah mega city one <laughs> also and, yeah, like i must say the character of fergie is so annoying in this film yeah. you know if you were to do i i don't i do not know like maybe we should after this episode like do a poll because yeah. like i definitely think that in terms of like sci-fi action cinema fergie is in like my top three most irritating characters alongside Jar Jar Binks and <laughs> Chris Tucker's character in The Fifth Element. Oh, I, I'd put him ahead of Chris Tucker, definitely. I know Chris Tucker is 
annoying in it but i think because they play so much into it there's like that's that part in me where i'm like okay i'll i let it go a little bit mm. more than but yeah this one it just because it doesn't even fit yeah if you i so guess like yeah. our place yeah true yeah, it just feels like they throw in all these components of well and that's what because with um um who is supposed to originally be the b fergie why can't I think of his name now? Joe Pesci. Uh, yeah, you know, Joe like Pesci. Joe, Joe Pesci was was offered was offered the role, or like Stallone wanted Joe yeah. Pesci to be the to be the character. Well, he said he didn't want to do sci-fi, and yeah. so, but they chose Rob Schneider just because he would, did comedy. So it's like so Stallone went, oh well, he could he might add a next nice little some quips to it or stuff like that so yeah. it feels like they're just grabbing things and what we've kind of talked about of even imposing um other sci-fi tropes in it or things like that of well this might work and this might work and this and you know kind of throwing it all together <laughs> yeah it does very much feel like that and i don't know why like yeah they're just like kind of throwing things into the mix like left right and center and even the way they they don't even like um i'd like directly adapt like one story from the comic books but they've just thrown together a whole bunch of different storylines and kind yeah. of mixed them in a blender of like you know the, the storyline to do with Rico who we'll get to and then there's a bit of the judge child in there and then there's a bit of you know like it's all yeah. these kind of different kind of you know long-running plot lines that are like thrown thrown together in this, this kind of mad not very cohesive at all mix yeah and that's what i always felt off about and what i, I mean the 2012 version i liked because it was so it like an introduced us to the character and it was so self-contained of like here's just this normal crime that they're basically they're taking down a, a drug kingpin not to yeah. spoil it for anybody that hasn't watched it yet you should because it's great um but this one felt like a even watching it now feels like a sequel or something because it's like it's so high stakes and there's so much to it but they don't give us enough time to really introduce us to all of these elements yeah for like sure maybe if there was a, a one that introduced us that was like a normal you know more like the 2012 plot line and then this is kind of what we get later on when we know who dread is when we know who hershey or whoever you know these characters are yeah, and kind of expand into the universe. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But um, we should maybe keep trucking yes. with the plot because <laughs> yes. we are we're, we're maybe we're like forty minutes into the episode yes. or something, and, and we're like ten minutes into the film. Yes. <laughs> so, so we get all the nice kind of because um, it kind of goes by in a blur or not um, where he sentences Fergie, and that's where we we don't see him again for a while. Yeah. And then we kind of just get just little bits of him being there's um, the news broadcast, but there's yeah there's there's several things kind of quickly going through at once, where we're getting the news broadcast of the the riots where the you know the anchor is definitely very vocal about the Judge issues system. he has yeah, and especially with Judge Dredd, and then we kind of get them in the the changing room and there's more back and forth and also judge dread has to kind of work with balthazar getty or all of these other kind of young kids to teach them that are cadets but they start out as judges start out as children yeah going which into is, again like kind of 
feeds in a little bit to the satire of like you know they're kind of done up kind of nazi youth style you know it's it yeah kind of feeds in a little bit again again but again it doesn't really do anything with it, it unlike yeah. you know unlike robocop which was you know interestingly heavily inspired by yeah. judge dread itself and meant that they didn't want to do judge dread for years afterwards because they thought the properties would turn out looking too similar um so like yeah but you know it really should have that kind of tone and like yeah. it seems like at the time like just hollywood was very bad at that tone outside of movies directed by Paul Verhoeven yeah. like he was basically the director he was your go-to director if you wanted a kind of action satire that like mixed these elements and got that tone correct because yeah, yeah like otherwise Hollywood always seemed to be like you know it has to exist in this box is either the serious violent dark action sci-fi or it's you know like comedic you know buddy cup you know whatever uh it's, yeah. it's either one thing or, or or the other it can't be this like mixture of like ultra violent and but also like like funny and and it just and again it's just that thing of like the you know there's plenty of comedy in judge dreads the comics but just not the comedy that this film wants to press on us yeah but no i yeah that's kind of i know an issue we've talked about throughout the about tone um throughout the whole both seasons so far um but yeah i know so for it it just all of these scenes leading up until and it feels like forever until we actually get moving along and get to rico and to get everything yeah but it, it does like it does feel like, like these little yeah it does feel tiny. like a little while you know yeah. because everything feels very separate so like yeah. there's these kind of things kind of setting up the plot of like you do you have like a little scene of judge griffin who's played by jürgen Prochnow, kind of petitioning the council uh for like more executions and stuff like that and you're kind of like mm, he might seem like a bad egg uh, yeah. you know like he he might be uh one of the villains of the movie guess what um you know and then yeah and we get like the introduction of of rico i i do like obviously one of the big controversial moments in the movie uh happens early on i took a note of this because i i wanted to know precisely when this happened so like um dread takes his helmet off yes um, and that's one of the big sticking points for like all judge dread fans uh, like stolen spends most of the movie with the helmet off and to be fair i you know like disney's paying him a lot of money and you know like you know obviously thought it's much more marketable to have his face on display but it takes him so judge dread is introduced at the eight minute mark and I timed it. He takes his helmet off at uh, 16 minutes and 30 seconds. So just over eight minutes, he has his hel helmet on <laughs> before he takes it off. And then he doesn't have it on again until like, the very end. <laughs> As he's driving away and the credits are rolling. Ah, uh, dear. But, yeah. But then, anyway, we, um, we cut to the Aspen Penal Colony, where we are introduced to uh rico and um suddenly uh, we're watching uh, demolition man yeah <laughs> with armand asante who either knows exactly the type of, type of movie he's in or is just somebody's having fun with it and it's 
<laughs> he, he is having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it has some of those fun elements where the the guy's bringing him the with the the package from their mysterious benefactor. He says, "Oh, what is it?" He goes, "The meaning of life." Oh, oh yeah, whatever. What is the meaning of life? It ends. <laughs> it, it turns into a gun, and he shoots him. And like, oh. and he very specifically shoots him through the throat because yeah. there's these guns pointed at him, like these machine gun turrets kind of pointed at him, but they're like voice controlled. So he shoots him through the throat so the, the the warden can't do the kind of voice control and then the the, the warden gets all shot up by the basically like in robocop where the guy gets all shot up by yeah, the... yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like lifting a lot of things like, like we should have mentioned as well like when we get the first shot of mega city one it's like it's kind of li it's lifting heavily from blade runner so we're getting, yeah. getting some heavy lifts from blade runner we're getting some you know heavy lifts from uh robocop and uh yeah we're definitely getting uh we will talk more about all the lifts from demolition man yeah. as well because like the plot is weirdly similar in yeah. a lot of different ways yeah and so yeah that's another thing where we get rico that happens and then he just kind of or then you know two soldier two guards come in and he's able to defeat them kill them and then like he disappears for a bit and then we get more kind of random scenes where we're seeing I think this is where um, this like is Judge where we Dredd get yeah, training. Dredd training the kids and stuff like that. And he's even making jokes, and he's like, he's very kind of nice teachery to these kids. Again, that goes against not only the the source material character, which again, whatever, but also the character that in the dialogue we are made to believe <laughs> he's supposed to be. Yeah, because like he is quite friendly with the kids and stuff yeah. like that. But then like the way Hershey reacts to his little, little speech, his little kind of motivational speech or, or whatever that, that goes into a bit dark territory. You know, she's like kind of mortified as a you know as if he's just been like scolding these kids and like you know you know like really uh, pushing them beyond their limits or, or like you know like uh, like yeah, it's just. Yeah, the characters react to Dread as if he's like this emotionless void, and he's just um, nothing. Nothing penetrates or whatever, and he, you know, he's just he treats everybody kind of offhandedly or, or whatever. But like, he's, he doesn't really. He just, yeah. you know, like he's a bit surly, but like yeah. essentially quite friendly. <laughs> he's, he's basically the same character as he was in Demolition Man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's 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 just as quippy as John John Spartan. He has yeah, yeah uh he, he is essentially the same character as he is in Demolition Man. Yeah. Which is kind of like, yeah, you know, angry tough cop, but you know, with a heart, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh dear. <laughs> and so through all these random scenes we get um rico finds himself back into the the city and he goes to pick up a case that's been left for him at this pawn shop and he finds and not only does he get the case but he also has um there's this giant antique robot that was for um from you know the wars that apparently you can have the robot as a collector but it has to be um, like not usable. 
despite the fact that it can be reprogrammed literally by just pl plugging in a wire. So whoever did did that didn't plan that out well of <laughs> kind of deactivating this you know war machine. Yeah, that that is that is true. And I do want to mention uh, for uh, British listeners because I think it's worth mentioning because I think it's quite fun. Um, the shop, the kind of pawn shop that he goes into, um, the owner of that shop, uh, the character of Geiger, is uh, played by Ian Jury. And Ian Jury, um, as, as British listeners may know, uh, was the lead singer of uh, a British uh, post-punk band uh, called um, Ian Jury and the Blockheads, mm. um, who, had, who had hits with uh, things like uh, Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick, Reason to be cheerful, part three, and sex and drugs and rock and roll, all of which are quality singles. And uh, yeah, he made some damn fine music. And the scene, I like the scene a little bit, and he's even giving little jokes. And again, you just get another kind of where Rico quickly says something and then shoots him, where he says, the, Oh, you shouldn't grab that gun. You know, they'll take your arm off. And so he grabs the gun and goes, Oh, well, I guess I must be a cop or I must be a judge. And then that's yeah. it. Yeah. Like that's kind of how his whole his shtick for a lot of it is. Like he says something that's like the uh, says his own little lines to kill people, but does it you know opposite of Judge Dread, where Judge's Dread is law related. He's just sinister related. They give us many way many reasons to know that Rico is a bad guy. <laughs> that is true, and um, but yeah, I mean like the, the film's very very deliberately doing that kind of like oh there is like mirror images of each other which might come into the plot later <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna keep showing their very bright blue eyes there's yes. many shots of that indeed, oh, indeed they both indeed. have very bright blue eyes <laughs> <laughs> could there be a connection there mm. uh, so um yeah <laughs> But yeah, so he he like reactivates the the ABC warrior, which is you know which is a character in the in the comics, you know like um, ABC warrior, like um, the characters in the comics Hammerstein, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, and then yeah, that's when he has to, like th this is basically when the satire of the movie kind of ends. Yeah, <laughs> of like we've had like these little bits of satire, and there's this whole there's all this whole kind of subplot of this reporter. Uh, Vartis Hammond, uh, who is yeah like this investigative reporter, very down on the whole judge system, kind of wants to take the system down. It seems, and it seems like he's maybe going to be an important character, a la <laughs> Edgar Friendly in uh, Demolition Man. However, no, that that does not happen. He is no. immediately assassinated, and by somebody dressed in Dred's gear. And yeah, and the person busts in, shoots it up, and a camera catches it all. And yeah, and then Judge Dredd is going on another, or no, Hershey is handling just a traffic violation, which Dredd helps out about, where this kind of jerk guy is, you know, wanting to deal with, uh, or he's driving his fancy car and he's bumping all these other cars. And so he's being rude to Hershey. And, but then when he sees Dredd, which, it doesn't make sense fully because there's parts where it's like everybody in the city knows Dread specifically, but then there's parts where it seems like they don't. I don't know. Or it's just because of the name Dread itself sounds terrifying. But yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think so. And like, yeah, I mean, this scene kind of doesn't make sense as well because, like, in you know, I, even ignoring the comics, right? Yeah, we've kind of set up this world where you know it is this kind of fascistic regime. So everybody's under this kind of boot of oppression of the judge system. Yeah. Then everybody knows that it is this kind of super severe law and order system. So it kind of doesn't make sense that this asshole yuppie guy, who apart from being an asshole yuppie guy, apparently does have quite good taste in music because they, <laughs> with with his companion in the car, they're listening to Supercharger Heaven uh, by White Zombie. So yeah. fair play to him on that regard. But anyway, he tries to bribe Hershey, which I just that it doesn't feel like it makes sense within yeah. the universe that's been set up of just being like, oh, it's this harsh disciplinarian society so like why would he think he would get away with that yeah no i agree because it just doesn't it just feels like they added it in for a point like to either show more connection between hershey and dread like that's the only purpose of it and to show how dread is coming in and kind of helping her and saving the day when i mean she doesn't even really necessarily need it need his help at all she was no, handling really. the situation yeah <laughs> all he did was almost make things he just worse escalated by, blow yeah. <laughs> by blowing up the car like... <laughs> and then we get like another uh one-liner i can't remember specifically what he says now actually we get another one one-liner about yeah. enjoy driving or something or, or yeah like, um... but it's there so that the other police that aren't judges that either are or something they're dressed up differently they're not street judges i guess the yeah, other they're a different type of like yeah the stormtroopers as we'll call them <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they can come up and say that judge dread is under arrest and he's pretty kind of calm about it and yeah and then we can we go into um we don't go right into the the trial because isn't that where we get rico meeting griffin or did that happen no, Rico hasn't met Griffin. No, okay. like we've not made that connection yet. No, 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 no. Okay. Like um, that that doesn't that doesn't happen for a little like um no, I don't think uh, Rico and, and Griffin meet up at this point. Like we okay. get like a little scene where Chief Fargo played by um Max von Sydow. Yes. They, he has like a little man to man yes. with dread when he's in the, the holding cell before they we then go into the the trial yeah and he's saying i just wanted to look into your eyes to see if you're telling the truth and obviously judge dread would never break the law so he knows he's not lying to him at least he thinks he isn't yeah oh he then i suppose there is dna evidence so like he yeah b believes it um yeah but uh so yeah we get we get this trial initially there's a there's a video showing dread doing it but then that is seen as inadmissible because one of the younger students with his techie knowledge is like oh well it could be faked you know we, the the you know the uniform could be faked badges can be faked and we can't get a clear look at his face it's too low res so that's thrown out but then we get this dna evidence that shows that only uh the judge who has the, who has the gun can can uh, you know basically there is dna on each bullet of the gun called the lawgiver the, the lawgiver 2 and um, that proves 
indisputably that dread killed the reporter Vardis Hammond and his wife, Mrs. Hammond. And Dredd, who is supposed to have no emotion, then has his whole yell of that. His lies. I didn't break the law. I am the law. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, the guy that has shows no emotion. He yeah. has a whole upset in court. But yeah. <laughs> and this is also kind of when we get the first talk of the the genius project and we don't at this point we're like oh well that's going to come up in the plot later but like <laughs> what's the genius project um and uh, we we like basically yes at this point it's not fully been revealed that uh griffin uh jurgen Prochnow's character is one of the villains of the movie but it's, it's been kind of like yeah, he's definitely one of the villains of the movie. Yeah, it's you know, very... He's, he's introduced as like, yeah. we should definitely execute more people. And then he's yeah. like, oh, Judge Fargo, like maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, like giving him kind of dodgy advice. So like, um, we're like, ah, yes, okay. Definitely yeah. villain. They do not pepper it or anything. <laughs> they <laughs> so make yeah, it very It's not like clear. a grand review or anything of like, oh, that guy? <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> And so he is also convincing um, the chief judge to say, well, what you could do is you take the long walk. And by doing that, you would almost save Dredd from execution because you think of Dredd like a son. And, all that. and the long, long walk is, you know, judges that reach a certain age or once you reach a certain age as a judge and you're retiring, you get basically cast out into the the scorched earth or the, the cursed yeah. earth yeah cursed earth yeah yeah yeah, and, yeah. so it's a yes because dread mentioned this earlier on in the movie that that's that's how judges retire that like um you get you get old if you get old if you're not killed on duty then you retire by wandering out into the cursed earth which is just like the the rest of the kind of earth outside the mega the cities, cities are, yeah. are just kind of like these um yeah just desert wastelands basically yeah and it's basically like a mad max thing for anybody that yeah it is basically yeah. like a, like a mad this this movie is ripping off all sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah their whole goal is well what they're told is to go give or to go bring law to the lawless lands and stuff like that yeah. and so he retires and basically sacrifices himself in a way to at least save dread which gives dread a a lifelong sentence in the aspen prison and then so it does this back and forth while we're seeing dread get stripped and get you know his muscles showing (laughs) and all of that and is and then um the chief justice being honored so one's being losing everything one's kind of having this honorable exit and but yeah, they're both that's true. out. Yeah. i suppose we should mention that in this movie unlike um, a lot of the movies we covered um we do not get any uh naked butt shots um that nope. we've got <laughs> in uh, several of the previous movies uh but we do get um, a couple of times where uh, Stallone is in a very tight leotard. So, yep. like, <laughs> we do, yes. And they make sh- this one sh- makes sure to show the shoulders a lot because he's wearing the tank top the whole time. And it's one where it's like it 
it only has the small strip up the back or whatever. So That's really true. His muscles. That's true. And it's, it's kind of big, like when he is in his full uniform, like the big over the top kind of gold gold uh, gold shoulder pads and, and the way it's is designed, apparently designed by Yanni Versace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there you go. Um, but then we we get, but this is when we get the big reveal that, oh my God, Griffin's the bad guy. Um, <laughs> like, um, so yes, after like it sent her in the long walk, Dred's been sent out to jail. Griffin is now, he's now uh, Chief Justice. Although in the comics, they're just called Chief Judge. Like, I don't yeah. know why they changed, I don't know why they both changed that. It seems like the weirdest thing. But anyway, he becomes Chief Justice. And then it is revealed that like he is the guy who's been orchestrating things all along. <laughs> He's the one who got Rico out of jail, and we we get a very, and basically, um, he's kind of he, he kind of feels gutted. He's like, ah, oh, maybe we should have got Dread on board, you know, and um, because but, he would have been, he's like our best cop. So. Yeah, but uh, like as in a lot of scenes, Armin Dasanti is just very entertaining. <laughs> like he he's just. He's not chewing the scenery. He's got the knife and fork out, and he is just devouring yeah. the, the the scenery. Like, uh, there, and there's some great lines in this one. You know, this one particular scene. So, at one point, he says, "Forget dread. He only worships law." And then, <laughs> and then, and then, um, and then he's uh, Judge Griffin is talking about like hey, wanting to to create. To create fear and chaos within as much fear and chaos within Mega City as possible, um, to kind of enact his plan, um, which we'll go into greater detail as the plot reveals it. And then Armand Asante says, You want fear? I am fear. You want chaos? I am chaos. You want a new beginning? I am the new beginning. I don't know what I even mean. Yeah. <laughs> like that last one's just like, What do you mean the new beginning? Yeah. What's, I don't. Yeah. What? I mean, it sounds entertaining when you say it, but like, doesn't seem to have a lot of logic to it. Yeah. Well, it, I don't, this one more than we've talked about with so many of these dread, um, or not dread, these so many of these Stallone villains. It's like there's always that one, even they're cranked up to like eleven. He is like cranked up to twenty five on a ten, you know. On this <laughs> It's, yeah, I mean, like you can you can see like the, the like the veins like popping yeah. the side of the side of his head and all that. There's kind of it's like, I mean, he is acting his absolute goddamn socks off. Yeah, <laughs> he earned that paycheck. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I I I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not going to make any aspersions on the man. I'm going to assume that the performance. Uh, was done sober but like if any performance <laughs> looks cocaine fueled that is a <laughs> yes <laughs> and um if that is armin Desanti without cocaine well don't never give <laughs> armin Desanti cocaine yeah, oh, but, but the movie is better for it, at least. For the, it. The, yeah, yeah, because he is one of the most entertaining like uh, elements of the movie for sure. Yeah, and so next up we have um, we see Dread, and he's basically walking up to the shuttle that w- it will take him to prison, and he ends up being right next to um, everybody's Rob- favorite yeah. character, <laughs> Fergie, aka Rob Schneider. 
and they're sitting next to each other because obviously the script wants that to happen. And Rob Schneider, you know, makes a comment about it and knowing who he is. And then um, some another prisoner right behind them gets wind. And that prisoner isn't too happy because Dread must have locked him up too. Yeah. And and then that that, that causes great mayhem. Although yep. uh, then we are introduced to the the angel gang who plan to shoot down the prison transport shuttle yes and you know they're just your standard wasteland gang where it's clear that they're like they're hillbillies and they have all of the the tropes that come with any sort of wasteland gang in any kind of mad maxi like movie they're deformed and stuff like that no i mean there's there's definitely in this section there's definitely a kind of heavy um hills of eyes yes as well Yes. And they, well, during, so while they're watching this and they're very religious to they, well, they found their version of God out there in the wasteland. And there's the prisoner who's able to kind of break free of his shackles. And he's trying to stab Dredd in the throat saying, pay back Tom Dredd. And he's holding it to him. And so that's going on as there's basically a rocket being fired at the ship to bring it down and the rocket is fired by junior angel who is um like because because i you know like um i am recording this from edinburgh so i'm legally obligated uh, by the scottish government to mention any scottish actor uh, in any podcast (laughs) so it is played by ewan bremner who um would the very next year have his big breakout role as um spud in uh, train spotting just thought i just thought i'd throw that in um you know like uh, that's 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 the in scotland no it's not (laughs) just kidding (laughs) obviously you know train spotting is significantly better than this movie but yeah yeah but um anyway i i just i just thought it through that it's interesting as well because the angel gang is like played mainly by british actors like uh, christopher adamson who's played various deformed villains in various blockbusters and also a movie we talked about in the guilty pleasure series of, of my podcast new horror express uh evil aliens uh, he was he oh was yeah, i was on that one yeah. uh yes i know i know that's yep. why i brought it up <laughs> <laughs> but uh pie angel is is not played uh by a british actor the rest of them are um he's played by scott wilson who would go on to be most famous for playing herschel in the walking dead i would say yeah and he's been on, yeah, I was trying to, because I remembered him from that and I, but yeah, he's one of those faces that has kind of, he's been around for years. And you would, yeah, so, for I'd, sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. And so they're brought down and then we're, we basically are jumping into um, one Hershey is kind of continuing on her investigation uh, and looking at the locker and she finds pictures, a picture of, dread as a baby and his parents potentially and then there's also another picture of him shaking hands and being buddy buddy with a person who she can only assume is 
his only friend because before he suggested he only has had one friend, but he had to judge him. So maybe that was foreshadowing for this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then throughout that, then we also get um, Griffin has told or it's communicated that the ship was brought down and that they're scoping it out and that dread is no longer, wasn't on board. And Griffin keeps saying that there were no survivors and, you know, a soldier's like, we found a, the pilot. He's alive. There were no survivors. And they get that message and the pilot's yeah. like, what the fuck? I thought I was going to get yeah. saved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then we basically, we get to meet the angel gang a little bit, bit closer up as rob schneider fergie and judge dread are basically hanging from ropes and this in a barn looking thing even though it's not even a barn it's an abandoned building but yeah um it's kind of half underground and everything that comes with you know nuclear fallout i assume if we were in one <laughs> yeah and yeah, that's when we kind of we meet them they're talking about lord and then you're really introduced but more so that dread already knew about all of them he's heard about the angel gang so he introduces or gives us the mo on all of them and um, oh yeah of their yeah. crimes like yeah. um pa angel gives us like fun introductions of like and this is my youngest and this is my you know like and here's Mean Machine. We call this one Mean Machine. He yeah. had some, you know, things. You know, you know, it's very and tough he, out here in the crushed earth. And <laughs> yeah, and he cranks up his um, like head knob thing. I guess that makes. Yeah, he's got impressive. like a he's got like a kind of dial uh, in the middle of his forehead that kind of turns up his aggressiveness somehow. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it ends up doing. They do that, and but Dread, it feels like he kind of stops because maybe he left out one of their crimes, but I don't know. We might see, but obviously Fergie starts, you know, praising the Lord and you know saying, and they're like, "Oh, we got ourselves another believer," you know, and you know, in their kind of really bad Southern accents as a stereotype, <laughs> and so they take off Fergie. And Dread That's keeps true. saying, "Oh, I think like Scott Wilson's actually from like Georgia or something." Yeah, <laughs> I think. But I mean, the rest of them are British actors. But like, yeah. at least you know, like, um, I, I, I yeah, I don't know. yeah. Apparently, <laughs> he was born in uh, Thomasville, Georgia. There so we go. At least there is one one actor of the yeah. gang who is actually from the south. Yeah, and his yeah his works. But I mean, we get some of those those very iconic southern accents they're like hey paul you know that, <laughs> you're, well you got like a scotsman and two englishmen yeah. doing yeah. it you know? <laughs> yeah. so it's essentially just like me being like oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's and so um dread keeps warning fergie saying you know you're making a big mistake and you're obviously fergie's cocky of no dread i'm not making a mistake the only one is you're still up there and I'm right here. And that's when Dread remembers there was another crime that they commit, cannibalism. I mean, I think he always <laughs> remembered. I think he was just yeah, like yeah. Uh, being a dick. 
I mean, that is kind of why would you wait until the guy is off the rope and all that to say it? Like, I know. Is, it's just, like, I want to see him really sweat when I make this reveal that he is about to be eaten. Yeah. And then, kind of like, um, obviously, you know, we discussed that this uh, film was submitted a bunch of times to the MPA, mm-hmm. and uh, this is kind of like the grisliest moment of the movies because we do see yeah. a guy who's like on a spit roast who's obviously already been cooked. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what's interesting hearing that kind of information from you about that because thinking about the movie now, and even when I was watching it, like there isn't that much. I mean, there's some a little bit of blood here and there, but it's not really that. The violence isn't extreme enough to for me to think it would get a like an NC-17 rating for four times. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I I presume the opening scenes bloodier. I presume yeah. the death of the wardens bloodier. Yeah. There's scenes later on in the movie that there's like weird edits on that we'll talk about when they come up. Um, like where I assume it was nastier, uh, but it's kind of kind of cut. Yeah. Well, I, so then he is able to get, Dredd is able to get off of the his hook or whatever, and he you know, beats up the guys and he kills them all and he turns down the dial on the one and you think, okay, well, they're, they're practically all done, but no, then the, the storm troop, I mean, the other judges the other judges whatever they're called (laughs) that definitely aren't stormtroopers they come in because they have to end dread and so it like goes from a fight with that family right into a fight with them but dread is saved by the last one by a certain justice also our chief judge who may have already been wandering the wasteland Dun dun dun! It's yeah. the return of former Chief Justice Fargo, played by Max von Sydow. Yeah, but not long. Even though they're happy to see each other, um, he instantly gets um, impaled by the yeah the one with the mean machine. Yeah, in mean machine. There we go. Yeah, mean machine. Who then? And this is another thing that's popped up several times in Stallone's. Um, movies and I realized this you know, maybe because we've been watching them so close together where he does the three strike thing and there seems to be a fight that Stallone has in all of these movies where the guy is almost egging him on you know you have the um, the wrong answer section and cliffhanger there's yeah. one in um, Demolition Man so this one is the you get three strikes and so strike one strike two and then he hits him in the head with this metal bar and it doesn't do anything he says strike three but that seems to be a common thing yeah for some yeah, reason. yeah. these stallone movies yeah yeah it seems to be a definite it. thread where it's like yeah. oh yeah we get like uh one character who seems like semi-invincible that uh goads stallone and then stallone beats him at the the last second kind of thing yeah, yeah. and this you know obviously we get more, that he slams his hand or he shoves his hand into a wall and it gets stuck because of the like spikes and everything 
he and, basically has like yeah. yeah he has this like metal arm and he's at the end of the army so get kind of swiss army knife kind of uh, yeah. various <laughs> sharp pointy things yeah. um, you know, like, uh, yeah. and dread does the whole he's giving a charge of using illegal electricity how do you plead and the guy kind of yells he says i know i knew you'd say that and he electrocutes him and you know, because we need more of the I knew you'd say that. Yeah, I knew you'd yeah. say that. They're like that is that that classic judge judge uh, catchphrase. Yeah. But then basically everybody kind of finds out Dred's origins or kind of yeah, time, like yeah. at the same at the same time Hershey's investigation kind of shows that the picture with the parents is a fake and like he's actually when you take the the, the parents out of the image like the image the, the only true parts of the image are the baby in the image and then it's just like this laboratory and then we get this kind of big exposition dump uh, from chief former chief justice fargo as yeah. he's dying um and um he, he takes a while to die like it looks yeah. like when he's <laughs> impaled initially that he is dead he yeah. is he has been killed by that but actually he's not being killed he's he is uh he has enough time to give like a kind of 10 minute monologue of being like yeah. <laughs> here are your origins and yeah. like you were born in the lab and uh rico is your brother because he is made from the same dna which is actually my dna um so uh, like so i am technically your father we're having a star wars moment uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah i mean they had enough time to like make a fire they put a blanket over him so this wasn't like it's been he's been dying for some time now <laughs> yeah he's been dying for like for like hours yeah and then but again you know like dreads no emotion dread yeah. you know like when he dies he's all like no yeah. and then you know like uh and then we get him kind of like staring brutally at this lady law statue you know yeah. and it, it, again just feels full of him brimming with emotion yeah yeah and they they talk about law in such a way that they're kind of again it's not it's the opposite i guess of how the law works in um, in the comic itself, where in this one they're talking about how the law is so just and basically, I don't know. They talk about with more like sentiment. This is very, yeah. it's very, it's very sentimental kind of uh, you know uh, wafty talk of of the law and uh, yeah. you know how how generally good it is. But um, apart from when it kind of we've all oh, overextended ourselves a bit sometimes, but essentially it's, you know, at its heart, it's real decent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and this is where um, the attack on the judges start beginning. Yes. Where, oh, yeah. and we also yeah. get the introduction of um, Joan, Ken Joan Chen's character, uh, Ilsa, um, or Dr. Hayden, um, which I, I don't know. Like, it seems weird to introduce a, ca a character so like late, this an hour yeah. into the film. It feels like she should have been introduced maybe earlier. Um, but it's like, oh, like we've got this female Dr. Frankenstein character. Um, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't like Rico. They kind of have a they back and forth. But yeah, that's what she calls like, him a petulant child. Yeah. 
but yet there's some probably some sexual tension they make it clear but no i'd agree i'd agree completely watching it it's like this is somebody that it seems like they would have even brought her on when we first meet rico like she's the one that was collecting or something it just it feels like she was just thrown in last minute and then they kind of have this connection with each other that you know then goes rapid speed because they really only have what a two scenes together before it's like oh so now they're like, oh now they're like a couple <laughs> sure okay yeah it's it's just uh i don't know it's kind of, it's just kind of weird it is yeah it's kind of weird but then yeah i mean we basically get like a, a montage of like all the judges being attacked we we get a big explosion at a bank we get uh the changing room at the you know like the precinct exploding um then we get the abc warrior killing a, a bunch of folk um uh, hershey's bike blows up mm-hmm. and um yeah there's all these there's all these attacks on the judges and then this is when griffin makes his big move to have the uh to have the genus project for you know which has been making clones and made the clones that made judge dread and rico as we discovered to to have that uh reinstated um, which but the those other judges don't still don't want it and it doesn't work for them so they get they get offed <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, uh, are the those are chief judges? I guess. Yeah, the, the 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 chief the the other chief judges, the other the council, like, count, council, yeah, the other members of the council, um, who are like, I don't, it, it's played weird in the movie. Of it's like Judge Griffin's like, oh, we should definitely unlock the files on the Janus project, and they're like, yeah, sure, maybe we should do that. And then immediately, two seconds yeah. after, they're like, "No, we definitely shouldn't do that. We immediately regret our decision." It's like, "Yeah, oh, this feels good." <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it, yeah, it feels like it's just added lines. Almost, I don't know. <laughs> or maybe there was supposed to be a longer scene in between, and they just forgot to cut out some of it. Yeah, but anyway, we'll. we'll uh, We'll leave it be. This is yeah. so. <laughs> There's more logic-defying stuff coming up, so yeah. um, we'll 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 continue on. So um, yeah, so Dread and Fergie are find out that or Dread knows that there's a way back into Mega City if they are to run through this tunnel that shoots out fire every thirty seconds. Yeah, and. Um, you know, obviously, this is where Fergie is supposed to. There, it becomes kind of a buddy movie, I guess. Yeah, because, okay, kind of. Because he, um, you know, he obviously doesn't want to go, and they have some little back and forth. But finally, they start running through, and they're able to get. And Dread even saves them, and they're able to get back into Mega City. Yeah. Running oh, through a the fun tunnel. story about this. Apparently, according to Rob Schneider in in an interview. Uh, Stallone was given uh, lots of kind of flame retardant clothing, and Schneider was given nothing. <laughs> really? Yeah, apparently so. Well, according according yeah. to him, like um, in in an interview, that's, and that's he's, what he said. 
And Schneider's the one that ends up being, he's supposed to be closer to the fire, too. And stuff like that. <laughs> like yep. He's the one in more danger. <laughs> so to be fair, as much as I hate this character in this movie, um, you know, like, you know, I feel sorry for him in that regard. Yeah. There is a, a later scene as well, you know, like the scene later where he's like running downstairs. Yeah. He like, he like, um, you see it in the making of the little um, making of video the, the documentary that you can see on YouTube um, that was made at the time. He like, he falls and like face plants um, and like really quite, like, quite badly injures his ankle um, running down those stairs. Like the first time, the first take they did it, he like just tripped and like it, it's, uh, you should watch it. It's like, it's, I will. it doesn't, it's quite a nasty landing, and, and it was like, oh man, Rob Schneider didn't uh, didn't have the, the greatest of times in terms of <laughs> in terms of hurting himself in this movie. And in his mind, it's probably like I'm just coming or I'm almost off of SNL. Or just came off of SNL. Like I'm gonna, this is gonna be it for me. It's really gonna change everything around. Yeah, 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 yeah. This big budget project, what could go wrong, man? It's going to be a massive blockbuster. It's going to make me. Uh, <laughs> but they do manage to get into the city. They manage yeah. to avoid that fireball. And thankfully, I, you know, uh, yeah. we, we can say that um, they manage to avoid the fireball in real life. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, Rob Schneider has is sta- is stayed intact to this day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And so they go to Hershey where they kind of get more exposition of what we've already seen. Yeah. And um, Hershey is first, at first she's kind of not sure about Judge Dredd, but obviously that changes within a couple of seconds because, you know, the script says so. And then, um, yeah, they talk about kind of what is the, the plan is going to be to break in and kind of bring justice to to these wrongdoers and, and then during that time rob schneider or fergie is also he's working on um some device because he's a hacker and he's trying to yeah reroute so like before yeah. before we get to like hershey's apartment like that is where we get like the because they, they first go into the halls of justice and stuff oh yeah and yep. they're like yeah, um yeah and then he like nicks dread nicks a uniform uh from from a guy and um, then there's like this kind of weird homophobic moment where it's kind of, a, it's made to look like Stallone's going to basically rape the guy. And like, um, this is, and Fergie's like, oh, there's no time for this. And it's like, he just looks at him as if being like, were you mental? I'm obviously not going to rape this guy. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, it's just like, it's just a really weird off yeah. moment. Um, but then, but yeah, they, then uh, we kind of get like a, a a chase scene, and they're they're like running through the halls, and I think that's where he like falls over, and um, then we get like this whole kind of um, chase on the the, the lawmaster bikes. And we get this, uh, which is it's a good action set piece. We should yeah. probably mention it just because of that of like it's really good action set piece of of like the the, the lawmaster bike chase. Yeah. Um, uh, before uh, we we land at uh, Hershey's yeah. apartment, no, that one it works really well, and yeah, and there's kind of 
there you get this lawmaster that has been malfunctioning it's seen malfunctioning early on it's like a test one for the cadets and then so it'll keep going off and on while they're doing this through these high-speed chase through the city and yeah it, it's fun the thing that gets you is you kind of hear <laughs> Fergie screaming the whole time yeah that's that like, kind of okay. yeah but you know and then there's like dread jumping on to the other one to fight one of the guys and they're you know they're flying over people and yeah it works really well and i think again even for um the year it came out i think it still looks pretty decent yeah i, I think so like special I mean, yeah. effects right i mean like the, the film is now uh coming up for 26 years old and um yeah it's, i think it looks some pretty pretty solid pretty pretty yeah. decent yeah for sure and yeah like again i think uh, kind of intercutting with this is like we get a bit more of rico and um yeah so the the doctor character joan chen's character who i do feel sorry for like the you know we've covered two movies that have featured joan chen and in both she has been entirely wasted and yeah. given no material to work with so she's really facing an uphill struggle um in case listeners don't remember uh the other movie that featuring joan chen was of course the steven seagal film on deadly ground yeah um so <laughs> poor joan chen yeah. um on deadly ground came out in 94 this came out in 95 that's just she deserved better yeah and she's good too it's just yeah i agree completely that she's just got nothing to work yeah, with yeah <laughs> Like they bring her in at the last bit and say, okay, kind of be a rude doctor, but now you're not being a rude doctor. Now you're like his love interest slash yeah, because like, woman or something. I don't know. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like they're like a partnership now. It's yeah. like, oh, we get one scene where she's calling him a petulant child and then we get a scene of like he switches what the DNA sample for the clones are going to be yeah. and then suddenly it's like, oh, they're like a couple cool yeah <laughs> because he he just says you know i had to i had to work for griffin because i was he got me when i was in in prison so i didn't have a choice but what's your excuse and that's what changes her instantly <laughs> i guess for sure that's just like oh that argument is entirely sound i am yeah. now by your side I also love, like, when we cut back to Hershey's, like, apartment, like, we get a scene where, again, we're, we're, we're talking about Dredd's lack of emotion. He's, like, talking about no feelings, no emotion. And yet he's on the bed and he's practically crying. He's like, yeah. you know... <laughs> you know, and I don't mind vulnerability in my heroes, but, you know, it's just like... It's not the character, like, you know, stop telling us he has no feelings and no emotions when that is not what is on screen. Yeah. Well, and even for the sake of, of Fergie, he's one of those characters where, you know, normally in these buddy movies, they're stuck together for some reason. That's yeah. why they can't separate or there's something driving them both to go that certain way, whatever it may be. This one, it doesn't feel like you're kind of wondering, well, why are you still with dread i mean it just it doesn't feel like there's any reason for them to be together besides the plot 
told them, you know, because the script told them to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I agree with that. Like, yeah. uh, Fergie's kind of like, I mean, I suppose he's kind of sticking by Dread because... Because he saved him. Because he saved him and because maybe he thinks that Dread can, like, uh, if he helps him, then Dread will officially clear his name because maybe he's worried about still being a fugitive. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best logic I can give you, Craig. You know, like, what do you want? Yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> but we uh, put more thought into it than <laughs> obviously the script. I tried my best, Craig. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to give you some logic, you know, like uh, something you can hold on to. But that's all I got. <laughs> so, but yeah, when they're in there, he so they kind of realized that there's was a power. There's something. There was a major power surge, and so they're kind of pinpointing where. This project, yeah, yeah, and so that's where they must be. Um, Griffin and um, Rico and all, but just like in Demolition Man, Rico turns on Griffin, yep. And he, because Griffin is upset that Rico put in his own blood, Rico's saying, Well, I don't want any like mindless, basically mindless drones falling around, I want them to be free thinkers, and that, and then yeah, the ABC robot it grabs griffin and even though we don't see it it we are told that it's going to rip his arms off his legs off and save his head for last yeah so i name like queenie does rip his arms off like the camera like uh, pans down and we just see a little bit of a kind of pool of blood on the floor um but I, i this does definitely feel like one of those moments that has been edited i i presume yeah. in the original canon cut hashtag release the canon cut um, yeah. well, <laughs> um that uh, we we get to see him rip his arms off yeah uh, yeah uh yeah and there's there's a few other moments kind of in the scene like i do know that this kind of finale was kind of edited down quite heavily yeah because there there was apparently like uh, sequences where you just see like uh, dread like shooting up the clones and all that kind of stuff um so it does seem like there and when you watch it it does feel quite jumpy it just kind of it feels oddly edited it feels kind of like there is stuff missing you know like oh what's yeah because there's a There's a whole section where Rico tells the computer he wants the clones to be hatched now. It says, oh, they're only at 60%. It says, well, I need backup. Hatch them now, basically overriding it. But then they don't even really... You'd see maybe an arm pop up from one of them or one of them lift up, but that's it. It's not like they officially hatch to really provide backup assistance. So it just seemed... I don't know. And it yeah. ends up being pointless, basically. It, it does end up being pointless, but apparently, the, the like Dread did have like a kind of battle with them, you know, when uh, in the original in the original cut, there is like yeah. more of an interaction there, and it's kind of not explained. Like, like basically, um, I suppose we should we should mention like uh, Fergie gets like shot by the ABC warrior, and and then uh, here she is uh, briefly kind of captured by it. 
and um, but then uh, Fergie manages to hack the ABC Warrior, and, and then there's this, there's this kind of big fight between Rico and Dread, and then there's this big fight between Hershey and um, uh, Ilsa. Uh, yeah, which, uh, which Hershey is a you know a highly trained cop or well judge, and you know Ilsa. Apparently just a scientist, just yeah. a kind of wacky <laughs> Dr. Frankenstein style scientist. Who um, can hold so, up her up. But yeah, but apparently he's also got some martial arts skills. Um, so, um, which kind of just feels like Hollywood racism. <laughs> like, yeah. well, as this Asian woman, I'm sure she knows martial arts. Um, That's not the... It's not the first time that it's popped up on this podcast so far. Like, <laughs> no. oh, we have an Asian character, so oh gosh, <laughs> I know we have to have martial arts. Uh, yeah, that is the problem of uh, running a '90s action podcast. You know, it's like we shall encounter more Hollywood racism as, as yeah. going forward. Um, I, I am sure we've already encountered some. It's it's just something we have to recognize and and deal with it you know as much as we love a lot of these movies um so they have some problematic elements um a bunch yes. of them <laughs> very much uh but um but i mean like the sort like uh, kind of all right fights it actually it, like um the fight between her and uh hersey is is almost better than the fight between rico and dread i think like yeah. it feels quite impactful Particularly when, like, Diane Lee just headbutts her. Yeah. And then, because she calls her a uh, bitch, and she's like, that's Judge Bitch. <laughs> just headbutts her. It's amazing. Yeah. So, apparently, again, in the kind of making of video, um, like, that was a stunt double for Joan okay. Chen, but that was actual Diane Lane. Diane Lane oh, wow. wanted to do her own stunts. So that's actual Diane Lane um, delivering that headbutt. So get on her. Yeah. No, and, and yeah, it does work. That's what, I don't know, the fact that you're talking more and more about how much was cut from it. Yeah, it just, especially watching it now after all these years, it is very underwhelmed, just in general. The, the whole thing, the whole fight just kind of feels like it goes by in a blur. And, it's true. Yeah. And like, it just like from a, a kind of watching point of view it doesn't it kind of doesn't feel like it makes sense either yeah. like yeah when when the lab suddenly starts exploding you're not quite sure how that happened like yeah. there wasn't something it wasn't like a bomb that went off necessarily it just seems to start falling apart of its own accord and you're yeah. like yeah i suppose there was some shooting and stuff like i'm not i feel like there's stuff missing which there actually is yeah no that makes more sense and yeah the fight and the whole setup this is where um the demolition man section i mean it's basically ripped right from the final fight of demolition man minus you know the freezing liquid <laughs> yeah but we we do get this yeah final fight uh, inside the head of the statue of liberty which is yeah it's a fun image you know yeah. this is pretty cool uh yeah, but like, yeah, as we've mentioned, like there is all these kind of different moments that are just kind of ripped from like Demolition Man in terms of like Judge Griffin's motivation is very similar to Nigel Hawthorne's character and 
um, Demolition Man in terms of like rebuilding society in his own image, the betrayal of the villain by the the you know the other villain, the other psychopath that he set free, um, the the whole the, the ways kind of set free in this and having this kind of uh, kind of uh, tense conversation with the warden character that's that feels very similar. The end feels very similar. There's all sorts of kind of parallels to Demolition Man, even even down to like one of the weirdest parallels is the voice of the computer in yeah. Demolition Man, of like kind of central computer in Demolition Man, and the voice of the Hall of Justice central computer in this movie. In yeah. both cases, uh, the voice is Adrian Barbeau, which is just yeah. like a kind of weird random connection, but like, yeah, it's... Um, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of Demolition Man DNA in this movie. Yeah. And but we did forget right before the fight. So Rico is trying to convince Dread, you know, let's create a new world and oh yes, that, that, and that, then... that, that is true. We cannot we cannot have this podcast and not <laughs> yeah. talk about the greatest exchange of dialogue <laughs> in the movie. That is a fair point, Craig. Yeah. Where you know, Dread obviously mentions it being against the law and you know they they don't follow the law and Rico's upset because you know Dredd's been following this and it's just a puppet so he does and that's you know, the biggest part of the whole movie where he goes law <laughs> and then he's you know he's making fun of or you know criticizing Dredd for his blind faith in the law <laughs> it's a it's amazing it's amazing no matter how much energy I could put in me making fun of it, it'll still never ever reach the level of theatrics that Armand Asante puts into it. Oh dear! I just—I mean, I love—I—I I think I—I I need to read out the exchange because it's just so yeah. fun. Like, yeah. so Rico says, "Why did you judge me?" Why did you judge me? Judge Dredd says, you killed innocent people. A means to an end, Rico says. Judge Dredd, you started a massacre. I caused a revolution. You betrayed the law. law! It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, it makes the whole movie totally worth it. <laughs> yeah. He discusses how their family, he was I'm your friend. I was your blood. We're family. We're the only you know family that we have. Or yeah <laughs> but they're so kind of jumping around their fight seemed weird because it shows stallone i know this happens a lot in action movies where you have like the hero who's really ripped and then he's fighting the final guy and it's just kind of you're like wait well they're not evenly matched but that's mm -hmm. one where i you can definitely see it where you know, it shows Stallone and his tank top and all of his muscle. And then um, Rico Asante is, um, is like, man, he's a he's a kind of much smaller guy than Stallone. Like looking at them like. Yeah, he's... right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's just holding his own against them. Yeah. And sure. kind of winning the fight for a good portion of it. Yeah. Until until he's he's not. And we get yeah. another one of. Another one of uh, Judge Dredd's Judge famous catchphrases 
yes. course course adjourned and um he is thrown off the statue of liberty and has a very uh alan rickman and die hard style death yeah whereas that's kind of which were very very popular in the 90s of people falling off things and yeah in slow motion and then hershey saves dread for was it the third the because third time yeah that's that's it that's the third time um that's so. an ongoing joke i guess she has with him about all the time she's helped him out and saved him and <laughs> and um yeah and oh so, uh, no 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 uh, yeah. yeah because like yeah yes after being headbutted Ilsa comes back and um try, tries to shoot dread but is shot through the back by hershey and that is the, that is the third time that she has uh, helped Dread out, so like um, own of own our favors, and I mean that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, yeah, they, it's they... it it feels very abruptly that just it's just kind of uh we get a little exposition dump of kind of like oh yeah everything was broadcast so everybody knows you're yeah. innocent it's all good now <laughs> the end <laughs> yeah they say do you want to be the new chief judge or justice and he goes no i'm a street judge and he just puts on his uniform to go out but then you know hershey kisses him because <laughs> and then, yeah uh, because they've been yeah. love interests the whole time because that's yeah. been super well built up uh but uh yeah and fergie, and yeah or, yeah and fergie gives commentary the whole time while he's on a stretcher of like oh i taught him everything he knows oh, i'm a better kisser than that you know that's dumb but yeah <laughs> which i mean you could say that about the whole performance yeah, and that yeah. whole that whole character and it's a terrible inclusion in this film um but um yeah and that that's 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 pretty much it but like oh we do get like that one last time where he says oh, i knew i knew you'd say that you know his other his other big catchphrase that we've yeah. been really selling in the movie yeah and then he drives off and you know the crowd of people are all cheering and punching the air and and, yeah (laughs) and then he looks over like if he was on a horse that's basically how it makes it show yeah he kind of rides off into the sunset and then that's and then he kind of gives a dramatic stare and the camera pans out and then and we cut cut to credits oh i should mention it like um you know while this is happening this kind of like riding off into the sunset we get that uh, the the theme from from the movie, and um, the the movie ha- does have a fun score by Alan yeah. Silvestri, who is probably best known for his scores for the likes of Back to the Future and the Avengers, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, so uh, so that's good. And uh, the end credits ends with uh, the dread song, the dread song by the Cure. Um, famous yeah. British goth band. Actually, it must be mentioned that, uh, like a lot of '90s movies, uh, the soundtrack for this is just great. Um, yeah, there, yeah. you know, like there might be a lot wrong with this movie, but the soundtrack is not one of them. You know, it's got <laughs> Cure, it's got you know, like White Zombie, um, it's got the the British dance group uh, Left Field. It's got a whole bunch of great stuff. You know, that's that's. That's a great thing about uh, 90s movies. All of them had great soundtracks. There's not, it's not kind of as popular now to do that, I don't think. Like, you know, the yeah. official soundtrack, uh, you know, motion picture soundtrack is like, um, 
but I actually, I well, that's a whole nother conversation. I read because it's so expensive now to, I guess, get the rights for songs. That, ah, that's why, okay. why okay. they avoid it. Like they, you know, where they used to have the whole, yeah, beautiful soundtracks. And yeah, I forgot about The Cure being one of them. So as the credits were rolling, I was, you know, sitting up for my seat and going to grab something. I'm like, wait a minute that's the cure what are they doing on here <laughs> yeah yeah apparently the end song was originally going to be done by the manic street preachers okay but yeah their original their original singer um went missing um uh, and, and you know and was never was never seen again presumed yeah. dead unfortunately but um yeah and then that kind of derailed um that kind of derailed that for for them and you know like um they obviously like regrouped and you know made a whole lot more music um afterwards but um yeah yeah and then uh, the cure uh swooped in and uh did uh, that song dread song um uh, was pretty good pretty good yeah. song no, I, I mean the cure are a great band so I'm like yeah you know. oh and that's and that really, that really is it. That that is pretty much all we've got to say on <laughs> Judge Dread. Unless you, unless you have anything else to add, Craig. No, I think I added it all in the beginning. I think, yeah, that was the issue that, and we kind of had the same issue with Demolition Man. I mean, which is better, but that there's so much to talk about in the beginning because there's so much world building, and then after that, everything kind of becomes this like. Every, you know rapid pace quick blur of like yeah uh it kids just kind of throws out everything like yeah demolition man at least retains some of that identity throughout the movie um whereas this movie is just like just throws everything out and it's just like oh yeah and then there's going to be this subplot and then yeah like we're going to introduce the angel gang because like they're famous from the comics and but then we're going to kill them off in five minutes and then yeah well oh the clones and yeah, uh, yeah like more rico stuff and uh, you know it's, it's yeah yeah it's a lot. <laughs> but uh that is just our thoughts on judge dread yeah. please be sure to give us uh, your thoughts um, and please be sure to rate, review and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, yeah, listen to us uh, wherever you get podcasts. And um, well, that's all for this time. Uh, that's all from me, Scott, and uh, all from Craig. Yep. And, I think uh, courts adjourned. <laughs> Courts adjourned. <laughs> and it just leaves me to say, we will see you next time when the two of us will be talking about another film from 1995. It is Sylvester Stallone and Antonio Banderas in Assassins. But until then, see ya. <laughs>